Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boshe, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, you're listening to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Do these statistics alarm you at all? According to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, they found that in 2019, only 27% of U.S. 8th graders were proficient in writing. And another survey done by the National Center for Education Statistics found that only 24% of high school seniors scored at or above proficient in writing. Writing is a struggle. Our students are not being prepared to become good writers. And so this is something that we're going to be discussing today as we deep dive into the writing domain and specifically why is it so difficult for our ELLs to really develop and advance in their writing skills. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give a shout out to EJG20, who gave this review on the Equipping ELLs podcast. She said, excellent information. These podcasts are so helpful, especially when talking about routines. I am moving from being a classroom teacher to the ESL teacher next year, and all your podcasts and free resources have been such a big help to get me prepared. So thank you so much for taking the time to write that review. I know we have many listeners who are in that same situation. They're moving from being a classroom teacher to being an ESL teacher, and we are here to help support you in that transition. We're going to talk about three different things today. We're going to talk about why writing can seem to be so hard and frustrating. We're going to talk about what can we do about it. And I'm going to give you five suggestions. And then we're going to talk about the different expectations and how to support for each language level. So let's dive in. Now, the one reason I think that's so important, and I've shared this in each of our domain podcast series episodes, 
But looking at what's going on in the brain gives us such insight into why the writing domain is the last one that's developed and why it's so difficult for our ELL students. I share a lot that comes out of the book, how the ELL brain learns. And so here's just a quick synopsis of what's happening in the brain when we're writing. Writing a sentence involves several parts of the brain working together. First, we have the visual cortex at the back of the brain, and that helps us recognize the shapes of letters and words on the page or screen. The motor cortex at the front of the brain sends signals to the muscles in our hands and fingers to move the pen or keyboard keys. Then we have the left hemisphere of the brain, and that's primarily responsible for language processing. And several regions within the left hemisphere work together to write a sentence, but we're not done yet. The left posterior superior temporal helps us with grammar and syntax. And I know if you worked with ELs for long enough, we know that that's an area that it can really be so hard, allowing us to arrange words in a meaningful way. So that's two different parts of the left side that are helping to write a sentence and develop grammar and syntax. Then we have the left inferior frontal, and that's involved in word retrieval. And that helps us choose the right words for the sentence we want to write. So one part of our brain is working on writing a sentence. Another part of our brain is working on the grammar and syntax. Another part of our brain is working on the visual shapes. Another part of our brain is telling our hand how to write it. And we're not done yet. (laughs) This is why writing can really feel so overwhelming for our students. Other areas of the brain, such as the prefrontal cortex, are also involved in writing because they help us plan and organize our thoughts and monitor our progress as we write. So as you can see, this is a really complex process that requires several parts of our brain to work together seamlessly. And this is why I love to talk about what's happening in the brain, because I think a lot of times, especially if you're teaching older students, you're saying, this student can't even write a paragraph yet. I hear this conversation happening a lot and kind of this frustration and this this wonder why this is a student not able to do this yet. But I think when we pause and we see all that's happening in the brain in order to write a sentence or write a paragraph or write an essay, there is so much that needs to happen for that to work seamlessly together. And then you add in the second language component. So we have a lot that's happening in order to produce a sentence. And today we're going to talk more about how can we help our students do this in a way that's fun, in a way that's very manageable for you and for them so that we develop writers, so that we're preparing them for college and beyond so that they can one day have a job and write an email that makes sense because they're, they've, they've learned grammar and syntax. That's our goal. So let's talk about some specific struggles that our ELL students face when they are writing. First, one of the struggles for them is the mechanics of writing. Things like how to form the letters of the English alphabet, especially if they're coming from a language that does not have that crossover, that it's it's not a Latin-rooted language, and the letters are formed very differently. You're going to have, with those students, it's going to be a lot harder for them to work on forming the letters in the English alphabet. Or things like placing where to place the adjective, how to spell a word, what punctuation mark to use, and when and why. There's There's so much that goes into a sentence. And so the mechanics of writing is really the first kind of hurdle that we have to get our students through. Another reason that writing just can be really difficult for our ELLs is because of English proficiency. The extent of the ELL's mental lexicon and understanding of the rules of English, grammar, and composition completely 
will impact how they're able to respond through a sentence. The more and more research I'm doing about ELLs, how they read, how they write, the more and more I'm finding the power behind building that mental lexicon in English first, spending that time and giving them that time and space to build up their English lexicon, to build up that vocabulary word bank. Because trying to push them into reading too soon or trying to push them into writing too soon really is doing a disservice to them if they don't have that in their head already, if they're not ready to retrieve those words and pull those words. So that can definitely be a hindrance of why writing is so difficult. And then the last reason is when we add in the content. So content knowledge just can be a huge hindrance to your students writing if you want them to write about dates of matter, but they really don't have that much knowledge or depth yet about that topic in English. And so when they don't have the vocabulary words to use and the ways to form a sentence and and they don't have a lot to share on that topic, well, then their writing is really going to be difficult in order to produce a sentence that's what you're looking for. So those are just a few reasons that our ELLs can really tend to struggle with writing and why it's the last domain that's developed. Another issue that I see over and over is just our school system is not set up for teaching writing. At least this has been my experience, and this is what I still am seeing with teachers inside equipping ELLs. You know, just between the lack of curriculum, I mean, think right now, how many of you have a curriculum that you use to teach writing? That's a a good, solid curriculum to use. Just the lack of good curriculum for this, that's really explicitly teaching ELL students how to write talking about the different mechanics of writing and giving them multiple opportunities to do that, that's huge. I also think that another big issue with what's happening in our school system is we are continually raising expectations on our students for their writing without providing the foundation needed for success. And we see this with the Common Core Standards. If you read that, even with WIDA, you read that and by fourth grade, they're expected to write a paragraph where they're explaining their opinion and agreeing with the author's purpose and all these things. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but did that student have a systematic approach to learning how to get to that point where they can successfully write an opinion piece? And that's the question that I keep asking. Have we given them the foundational skills? Because what I've seen, what how I taught was we spent a lot of time in the younger years going heavy on phonics and very little time on really teaching students how to write a good quality sentence and a variety of good quality sentences. We just go from, okay, here's how we write a sentence, move on, and now you need to write a paragraph and now you need to write an essay. And we're expecting them to be able to know all those different ins and outs that happen in writing without teaching that and without giving the opportunity to really develop those skills. I mean, in my situation, writing was always the last subject that we spent time on. We spent little, maybe 30 minutes twice a week was what we had in our lesson plan book. And to be honest, if we didn't get to it, we just didn't get to it. It wasn't a big deal. But that's not okay for our students. And, and that's why I really believe writing happens when you're doing it in content and in context. So whatever book you're reading, extend it with a writing. Whatever content you're teaching, give small writing prompts, small writing activities every day. It's like speaking, the same thing. We wanna be giving them opportunities to be applying those skills every day. If you are feeling like, yes, I agree. This is this has been such an issue. This has been such a problem. 
One of the books, best books I've recently read is called The Writing Revolution. And we did this in a, as a book study in Equipping ALLs, but I just absolutely loved it because it was so simple and practical to establish writing routines that work. And that's what our students really need. They need just ample opportunities to practice writing. So get your hands on that book if you're really trying to support your students better this year with writing, because you're going to find strategies for all different grade levels that you can apply with whatever you're teaching that you just add in this new strategy that's really going to help take it a step further. Well, here are five suggestions of ways that you can help your ELL students improve the writing. First, start writing right away. And yes, even newcomers. And I know this kind of you're thinking, well, earlier you said, we shouldn't write, we shouldn't have them write until we've built up their mental lexicon here, but now you're saying they should write. So let me explain. We want to develop the skills and the practice of writing, even with our newcomers. And that might look different though. That might look like copying or tracing, especially for the students who are coming from a different language that doesn't transfer the alphabet. You want to help them develop those fine motor skills, the, the way that the letters are written. Doing things right away where if you've spent, like if you have our my newcomer bundle and you're using those units, you can see how writing easily flows in because you've spent the whole week front-loading vocabulary, finding the vocabulary in a story, using the vocabulary in speaking activities, reading about the vocabulary. And now they're going to maybe fill in one sentence with the vocabulary word. That is appropriate for a newcomer. So finding those ways that you get them to write so they they don't build up this fear of writing. They start to see that it's doable, that they can do it, that they find success in it. So starting right away, but in ways that are really appropriate. Number two is to explicitly teach writing skills with visual supports, modeling, and a lot of practice together before your students are asked to do it independently. If we go back and reread all that's happening in the brain, we can see how complex writing is. So as you're going through this year and working on writing skills, make it so clear what your students should be doing. You know, start with building a strong sentence. What goes into that? Spend one whole week on capitals at the beginning, building that habit, having them reflect, having them edit and see, are they putting a capital at the beginning? Do they have spaces? Starting as simple as that they need to know this is what a good sentence is made up of. Bringing in their home language. So things like, where does the adjective go? Do a, a study on that. Figure that out together. Have them write a sentence in their native language, write the same sentence in multiple different languages and see where that adjective goes. And do a fun study on how different languages you place the adjective in a different spot. Investigate the language. Let them play with it. That's going to be so helpful for them to then be able to remember and build that schema that they need to be order in order to be able to write sentences on their own later down the road. So don't feel like you need to have them output a sentence right away. Really spend the time it takes to front load, to model, to have them work together in pairs and giving them that opportunity to play around with writing. Number three, and I've kind of hit on this before, but I really want to make this point. Take the time to work on building strong sentences and expanding on variety of sentences. It doesn't make any sense to push them to write a paragraph 
if the paragraph is just repeating one type of sentence over and over and the same thoughts over and over, spend the time working on organizing their thoughts before they get to writing, building those routines and habits so that they are very confident to then be able to go and write a sentence, to write a paragraph, to write an essay when they need to. But building that time to brainstorm, to to figure out what ideas are on topic, what's not on topic, how can I cross those out? How can I use my reading skills to observe and see what good writing looks like using mentor text, those types of things. Going deep and slow on reading and writing is really important for our students. Seeing different examples and investigating sentences. Okay, what makes this sentence different than this sentence? Let's look at simple sentences versus complex sentences. Having those conversations, letting them bring in or having them write down sentences that they're seeing in their books that they want to talk about because this one had, you know, something that was really exciting. And so they want to write a sentence just like that. You can make that connection between reading and writing. And that is so important. Number four, your writing skills should be an expansion of your lesson, not standalone. I remember when I was teaching second grade in Chicago, we had to give our students a standalone writing prompt. And it always just doesn't make sense to me why all of a sudden you're going to give the kids out of nowhere this prompt that they haven't had any connection to, any time to plan for. And now you want me to write, we wanted them to write a paragraph. And now we're going to grade them on this. And this is how we're going to level out to see how proficient they are in writing. What kid, what adults can just write on the fly like that and give it their best work? And so don't just give standalone writing. It should be an expansion of your lesson. That's when you're going to get the best writing. If you've already spent tons of time front-loading vocabulary, building background, reading about this topic, and now you ask them to write, you're going to get great results. But if you start with the writing part, you're not you're not going to see the best that those students can give you. Now, there are times to do standalone writing, like if you're doing you know morning warm-up, but that's where you're going to just expect them to write a sentence or two and try to expand on it, but you're not expecting them to write a whole paragraph or essay. So that's where there, there is a time and a place. Really think about any lesson you're teaching, how can you expand it and add in a writing component? And then lastly, this is an opportunity to strengthen the connection between the input of listening and reading with the output of speaking and writing. So we want to strengthen that connection of listening and reading, speaking and writing. Read-alouds are an amazing way to do this. They're going to go through all the domains by listening to a read-aloud. One, they listen. Two, you give them time throughout the lesson to speak, to talk about what they're listening to, any questions, you might prompt them with some questions. Three, you might have them look at some specific sentences in your read-aloud that you want to highlight. Four, you might have them go back and write a sentence like the one that you highlighted in their own words. Very simple activity that covers all four domains that really makes the connection between all four domains. So don't underestimate that simplicity of just adding and writing here and there and really connecting all the domains. Every time you can cover all four domains in one lesson, the better. It's so much better than doing any of them as a standalone. So be on the lookout for ways that you can bring in the listening piece. You can bring in the writing piece. You can bring in speaking and and reading too, because that's where they're going to be making those connections in their brain, which is so much more important and helpful for their growth over a standalone lesson. 
So let's go through the expectations of each of the language levels and what you can do to support them. So for our level one students, what you're gonna look for is most likely scribbles or drawings. They may be able to form some words in their alphabet if it is similar. Like I mentioned earlier, if it's a completely different alphabet, then they probably won't be able to write it at all. So what you can do to support them is have them draw what they understand. That's always such a helpful way to really see what's going on. What are they comprehending? Even if they're kindergartners, you can start to make out what they're drawing, but it just gives them an opportunity to respond to what they're listening to. And then you can also provide support by working on pencil grip, writing from left to right, tracing, copying. Now, something to note here, your student might be coming in writing in cursive. That's very normal here in Panama and many other Latin countries. They don't teach print. Many, mo many other countries don't teach print. So that might be something you need to be aware of. You need to decide whether you want them to print. I usually would let those students continue in cursive. Usually their cursive is so beautiful. And I wish that I could write as nicely as them because here that's a big part of the learning is being able to neatly write over what they're writing. So for our level twos, our emerging students, they might have a very basic level of writing, um, They, but they really will not have developed appropriate writing yet. What you will want to do is to have ways to model both simple and complex writing text so that they understand. So you'll want to really provide, you, you still want to provide them with more complex text through listening so that they start to develop, they start to see where they're going to want to go with writing but you're not gonna expect that from them yet. What you can expect from them is to do things like label, um, list things, copy things. They can probably begin to complete a sentence starter and then try to phonetically spell a word or copying a word from a word bank. For level three, developing students, what to look for. They can write a simple sentence, mostly in the present tense, and they might have repetition of ideas just because of the lack of complex sentence that they can come up with, or maybe the lack of content knowledge or the lack of vocabulary. And then what you could do to provide support, you can make sure they are strong in writing a solid sentence. And like I said, don't move on until they could do this. And then also by making writing fun, by writing one sentence, passing it on to a friend or doing something like a shared journal where you respond, you know, each week or every other week, and you write responses back and forth to each other. It takes a lot of time, but students absolutely love getting a note from their teacher. For our level fours, our expanding students, what to look for, they're expanding to more complex sentences along with verb usage. And then they also, with support, they're able to develop a grade level appropriate paragraph on topic. So that's where we're going to add in our scaffolds, but they're really moving to be able to do that on their own. And then how you can provide support, you can connect mentor text to writing as much as possible and then set up writing routines to establish healthy writing every day. Last for our level five students, our bridging students, what to look for is that they have acquired the skills and command of English writing skills with little support. And then if they do have some errors, they usually don't interfere with what they're trying to communicate. And then what you can do to provide support, you can create a self-editing checklist that your students can use anytime they are working on writing. So really you wanna help them to be able to look over what they wrote and see and, and identify any errors that they need to work on themselves. 
And then also do something like publish a writing piece. And you don't have to wait till their level fives to do this, but you know, maybe submit it to a newspaper or create a class book out of it or share it with the school to be able to put up somewhere or share somewhere. Doing something where you really show off the work that your students have been doing, especially with writing, is so important to really give them that confidence that they can do it. Now, remember, you can grab your free set of each of the four domains with what to expect at each domain and how to provide support by sending me a private message on Instagram at Equipping LLs with the word expectations. Okay, so just type in the word expectations and we will send you a free copy of all four domains and what to expect at each level and also how to support them at that level. Also, if you're looking for more support with your ELLs when it comes to writing, check out my ESL writing intervention program. It's a fun way for students to work on foundational writing skills through modeling, games, partner practice, and independent practice. You can find the link in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. And I will be back again soon with another episode. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done for you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.